0: Welcome back to the Across the Pod NFL podcast. It is time to review Week 16 in the NFL as Christmas Day has now been and gone. I am, as ever, your host, Andy Davis, and I'm this week joined by a returning guest making a second appearance on the show. Back with us today
1: is Alan Woods. Alan, first of all, how are you? How was your Christmas? Yeah, I'm great. Thanks, Andy. Great to be doing this again. Great speaking to you. And yeah, it's a good Christmas. A uh, bit crazy, young family, so there's a lot of fun, but... Uh, yeah, kind of happy for the uh, craziness to so have died down a little bit now. I can imagine you saying that you have, was it,
0: one and three-year-olds? So be mm-hmm. the uh, yeah. crazy time of year having kids that young at, at Christmas time?
1: Yeah, so like the three-year-old is sort of past that point where she's terrified of Father Christmas. Uh, at, but my son is still at the point where he wants to tackle the Christmas tree and uh, take off all the baubles or anything like remotely sparkly or hanging off of it. So, yeah, it's uh, different challenges, but yeah, a lot of fun. You know, it's a lot more magical when you've got really small children around. So, yeah, it's good fun. And of
0: course, as you saw in a Cowboys season preview, you are a Cowboys fan. Any Cowboys themed gifts for Christmas this year?
1: Uh, Not for Christmas. I actually treated myself to a Cowboys themed gift uh, back on Black Friday sort of time. I picked up a uh, Mitchell and Ness throwback Troy Aikman white nice. jersey, and um, for me that's got a little bit of sentimental value because the reason I am a Cowboys fan is because my dad bought me a Troy Aikman jersey back in the nineties, albeit the blue one. I got enough blues, so uh, I went white. So yeah, it had a little bit of sentimental value, and yeah, they're, they're really nice those Mitchell and Ness jerseys as well. You know, if you've got if you've got an iconic player. Unless they end up being, like, arrested or for <laughs> something really nefarious. It, it's always good to get them out. You don't have to worry about them being traded anymore. So that's quite nice.
0: Yeah, I do, uh, I do worry about what Broncos fans will do with their Von Miller jerseys. If everything that's been alleged comes out to be true, what what they'll do with their Von Miller jerseys. But um, And, of course, Christmas time is always, I think, for Americans, certainly for UK fans... A difficult time of year for both kinds of football, really, to try and fit in how you're going to watch games and mix it in with family commitments. I mean, um, how do you normally do Christmas Day NFL games? Are you the kind of person that thinks, well, I've done my duty during the day, I can enjoy the evening, or do you have to
1: sort of sacrifice it a little bit for the the good of your family? (laughs) Um, Well, (laughs) thankfully, they're on quite late, aren't they? So, yeah, I would say most of my family are very young and are not that interested. My wife is very understanding about uh my cowboys fandom. And of course they get a lot of late games, uh prime time games. So yeah, she she's very understanding. She's she definitely takes us like the positive that if the kids wake up, she knows I'm on it like straight away. So yeah, it, it's good to try and fit in as much as I can, but unless the Cowboys are playing, I am I'm quite fluid, quite flexible with it really. I think we got it a bit lucky. I think we
0: mentioned this certainly last season on the podcast it might be in the summer time of year. Where you know we've got lucky that the fact that NFL games are on are, are on like 6 p.m. or the earliest. So right. you know, like in the Amer- like say for us in Premier League football or Americans watching NFL football, their their time, 1 p.m., 2 p.m. It's that's a really difficult time on right. Boxing Day or for N- NFL fans in America Christmas Day to watch these games because you've got the family commitments, you've got dinner being made, you've got all sorts. And I think that. It's good to have that, that thing of, oh, yeah, you can actually spend all day with family and then still watch games. And also, I think this is why actually I mentioned on a group chat yesterday about the fact that the Game Pass allowed options and certainly allowed me on so, oh, what day was it now, Where, wherever Christmas Day was, to watch the Raiders' Chiefs an hour behind and just fast forward the advert. So, and the Premier League missed. I think the Premier League would need that because that would be so handy boxing day because yesterday I missed. Chris would getting a hatchet because I was playing card games as family. If I'd had the option of I don't know how much <laughs> time do actually do it, but that option of being able to um watch games later day would have been amazing. And i um also know I watch watched Liverpool on time at half five, but I think we are lucky in the sense in the UK that the games are on post family commitments really. And I think if it gets to six PM, you pretty much if you spent all days with family as well, you you pretty much have you're allowed poil allowed, on Christmas Day too then. I was certainly allowed to watch games on on my iPad and we, we we were even playing a quiz on um on the day, and I had the TV on mute, so I was watching uh, Raiders Chiefs and the start of Giants Eagles on mute whilst playing the quiz. So um right. yeah, I think um <laughs> certainly I think at that point at six pm on I think you've probably got the free reign to do whatever, whatever you want because you've already done all the stuff during the day.
1: Yeah, definitely, it's very different sort of day commitment to evening commitment. Uh, I mean, I don't necessarily have that problem with like UK football because. I support a team that's not in the Premier League yet, so I've never been in the Premier League, so uh, they're they're not televised anyway, so uh, that uh, I, that sort of removes that issue. So, but no, I do completely get what you're saying. It is a very different sort of thing, uh, like a, a day thing to an evening thing. To, for me, it definitely suits better being an evening thing, at least at the moment. Uh, it, although the late nights are are pretty rough at times.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, I mean, even should they're not Premier League yet, and I. Harder than already asked you
0: this
1: question, but who's your football team? Uh, well, uh, I'm probably being very optimistic. that you Use use the word yet. Uh, I am a Stevenage fan. Um, and so currently awesome. in the in the playoffs of the League One. This is oh. like as high. This is pretty much as high as we've ever really been. To be honest, we have made the playoffs once before, but yeah, it's it's a young club. It's only been going like less than 50 years. So when you're battling against a lot of other clubs around them, like the Portsmouths and the Bolton's and Derby counties and stuff, it's, you know, it's nice to be up there with, with some of the big boys, but yeah, one day maybe, a, who knows, yeah, maybe maybe think... you maybe need someone a lot of money to sort of give us a bit of a, a push, to be honest, but you know, Man City never used to be that much, of, up to much, so mm. yeah, but just I, a bit more history. I so. literally watched, about two days
0: ago, watched City on the biggest Sky Sports retro game when they were playing in the Championship against Blackburn Rovers, so um, yeah, yeah, you never know. You actually are amazingly our second Stevenish fan in three or four weeks. We had um Greg Kett, our Titans yeah. fan, also Stevenish fan. Um he came on to review Titans Dolphins. So um and that whatever week at NFL that was. So
1: yeah, a lot of Stevenish fans come to the pod recently. Well, yeah, see if you're a Stevenish fan, you need to be distracted with some other sport as well. So that's okay. probably that's probably the reason. But no, I know Greg, I uh, know him personally. Actually, I'm not wearing it now, I'm wearing a, a Dak jersey, but he actually picked up a CeeDee Lamb jersey for me. Uh, so I used to actually be on a podcast a long time ago uh, during COVID, and I met Greg through the other sort of co-host, and he was in the US. I think on your pod, you were talking about how many games he'd attended, uh, which is a great episode. If anyone's not listened to it, go check okay. it out. Uh, and he was in a shop in the US, and he just messaged me and said, hey, Alan, you're literally the only Cowboys fan I know. CD Lamb jerseys are half price in this Nike store. Do you want one? And I was like, "Yeah." So, uh, like, I, I do know Greg personally. I've I've watched even his games with him. I've, I've exchanged jerseys with him. I guess you could say. Uh, no, he's a, he's a he's a top guy. Um, and yeah, big Titans fan, as you know.
0: Well, I never knew that you two knew each other. That's um, that's, that's so exclusive on the podcast. That's um, two yeah. of our guests. So I didn't realize you were even friends. That is a, that's a really nice story. Um, now moving on to the games in week sixteen. Um. Thursday night football: Rams beat the Saints, thirty to twenty-two. And on Saturday, the Steelers beat the Bengals in surprise fashion, thirty-four to eleven. The Chargers almost made my Christmas; would almost beat the Bills, but they lost twenty-four to twenty-two. And then on Sunday, there were shock losses for the Fal- for the Colts as they lost twenty-nine to ten to the, uh, the Falcons, and also the Texans lost in surprise fashion to the Cleveland Browns, losing 36-22. The Packers almost let a big lead tip against the Panthers, but ultimately beat them by 33 points to 30. Uh, and then the Lions won their first NFC North title in 30 years as they beat the Minnesota Vikings by 30 points to 24. Now, this is a big result, I think, for all NFL fans, for all Lions fans especially. I mean, this is obviously their first division title in so long. I mean, this is a franchise that has been so... Um, bereft of any success so for me i think that to me aligned i think they're such a good place right now dan campbell for me i don't know what you think alan is probably for me he's coach of the year i'd have said Shane steichen until sunday and um, i think um what he's done with that team the last season and a half really if you go from when he went one and six last year from that week seven onwards what they've done just phenomenal and the vikings still got a chance of playoff so for you alan um in terms of the what do you think of to give itself? and further from that what do you make of the Lions chances of of winning
1: the potentially winning a few playoff games well yeah I mean it's as I say it's an amazing story for the Lions and it's a long time coming. I mean I got a friend who's a Lions fan that used to be on Picasso used to work with and yeah it's, it's always been you know we're quite ridiculed in like our friendship group I guess with me being a Cowboys fan and sort of giving you hope and then letting you down, but then Lions fans just never having, having any hope. Um, so they're just always not really let down, I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Lions have had a great season. And in fact, he actually called that they are going to have a good season last year, and I thought he was mad. Uh, so as you say, Dan Campbell's really turned it around in Detroit. They're definitely not invincible. They give up a lot of points to teams that I think are not actually that great. Like the Vikings were, play- were playing Nick Mullins, at quarterback, He gave up four inths on the game, and the Lions still only won by six. You know, you'd probably think that if they are playing, uh, you know, I'm maybe not the biggest Kirk Cousins fan in the entire world, but if Kirk Cousins is in there, they don't lose Addison to injury, lose Hawkinson to injury. It was probably against them, the Vikings, but there's probably a little bit of destiny in there as well. You know, the Lions have been so patient. Lions fans have been so patient and they're a very loyal fan base, so they definitely deserve something to smile about at long, long last.
0: Yeah, and I think that, you know, I think it always occurred to everyone's second team. I think, certainly since Dan Campbell came in, I think, and everyone watched Hard Knocks, I think really everyone has taken to Lions, and I think it's basically what we saw with the Browns in 2020, the fact that everyone viewed them as a, a team that they rooted for because of so many years of hurt, and I think the Lions have had even more lack of success than the Browns have, and, and I think that it's... Yeah, I think that you know they're right now. They have got the same amount wins as the one seed. Um, so I think right now they could still get that one seed. They got a big game against you guys, of course. On they're calling a Monday football on a Saturday, which I find incredibly weird, but um, I really, really confusing as well. But that should be a big game. And I think if they could, if they beat you guys, I think the Niners ultimately have the one seed. But I think the Lions could certainly get the second seed. But I think to be what's going to be minimum third seed in the nfc i think that's absolutely massive to host an nfl game it's the first one they've hosted since they won the division all those years ago so yeah it's big time for detroit but then on the other side the vikings they go seven and eight but they're still on the bubble and this is a team that i've had so many injuries i mean you look at kirk cousins we've mentioned as then jefferson's been out for most of the year allison hockerson went out this game i mean that's pretty much their three best offensive weapons and their quarterback as well it's just been a Really weird are because you had that 1-4 start, 1-5, whatever it was. Then they went on a four or five game win streak with Josh Dobbs. And then then they've sort of been on a bit of hit and miss since. So do you see they're potentially sneaking in or do you think this consistency is ultimately going to cost them in the in the playoff bubble?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I was literally just looking at their schedule. So they're playing at home to the Packers, who I'm not mad on. But then they play week 18 against the Lions at full field, which I don't see them getting a win. I think they need to win out if they got a chance, really. Because they they'll end up with, if they go one and one, they'll have a losing record, right? So I don't think, I mean, that does happen, but I don't think that they're going to be fortunate on this front. And to be honest, it's to for the it's probably for their own good. As you say, they're, they're so banged up. There's usually one team that sort of sneaks in and then gets an absolute whipping. And the defence has played well. Like the last three, four weeks for the Vikings, and that's been a real turnaround as well. But I think they've lost just too much on offense. Like Jefferson's amazing; like, I've probably top one um, or maybe top two in receivers in the league. But there's only so much you can do, you know. If you there's not a lot else around him, like KJ Osborne's okay. He's a he's probably better than like just a guy, but it gets very thin very quickly for the Vikings. So yeah, It's probably for their own good that they actually don't make it. That's sort of my opinion on it.
0: Yeah, I I think that. It's one of the ones where I think, you know, you can, you've you seen teams in the past that like you've seen, obviously the obviously what everyone points to is Nick Foles, the Eagles, but that team was mm-hmm. probably better than the Vikings and they had really no injuries apart from Carson Wentz from memory, whereas the Vikings have got so many injuries in different places. But, you know, as a Brian Flores, Stan, I, I would always love to see them... Them do well. I've, all, I've, I've always loved Brian Flores, even to this day. I love them when he's our head coach. So I hope they do well on that point of view. But I think ultimately, that I think with their schedules, you just pointed out, I think ultimately, they will fall short. I think if they had the Mullins, so if they had Jefferson, Hockinson and Allison, you could see maybe sneaking a win for that alone. Yeah. I think with Which those players cool. injured, I just think that ultimately it's probably too much. And I think that, yeah, it's just going to be, and I think they play the Packers next as well. And I just think ultimately, that will probably seal their fate, go 7-9. and nine. And if, you know, if the Seahawks and Rams both win, then and they got very winnable games, and that actually mathematically rules them out. So I, I think ultimately it's going to be the Rams, Seahawks, and Packers for me. I mean, the Saints and Falcons are amazingly still in contention. We could still have three teams in that division in the playoffs, but I don't see that happening. So I think for me it's going to be the Rams, Seahawks, and Packers. And uh, just whilst we're here, um, you know, look at the... Um, Sort of those three teams I mentioned, which two teams do you think is going to make it as a six and seven? Because it's also going to be the Cowboys or Eagles, that's the fifth seed. So I think six and seven seed and is really, I think, for me personally, between three teams. You might think differently, Alan, I don't know. But who would you say are making the playoffs that
1: aren't the second team in the NFC East? Um, I mean, there's a lot of teams here that, I mean, all the teams on the bubble have got significant holes in one way, shape, or form. We already talked about the Vikings uh, at length. The Seahawks, uh, I mean, they've, they're have they trying to keep playing Geno, who, to be fair, had an amazing game against Dallas just a few weeks ago, but it's been injured since then. Didn't look as good this past week. The Rams, I definitely think, are going to make it. I think they're playing some really good football, much better than I thought they were going to be playing this year. Obviously, players like Puka Oku have been... Massive on offense. So it's not just the cup show. Uh, Cups always coming off a big injury. He's had a few of those in his in his time. Uh, yeah, and then sort of like the rest. <laughs> sort of how I look at like the rest of the seven eights. There's a lot of seven eights here. Um, yeah. Who the Bears playing? I know that's like a real long shot. Like I imagine like everything needs to really. Well, they've got the Falcons. Then I think what could be a massive game come
0: week eighteen. They have got. I've lost it on the page now. We've got the Packers. Packers, yeah.
1: So that could be that, that could be <laughs> in. <laughs> right. So I mean, they're playing two, seven, and eight teams. Yeah. Let's just let's be like controversial. Like, no, I'm a massive like hot take guy. Let's say the Bears like sneak in. Like, if they, I, like I actually that. think they could do it. They like the defense is playing great. Uh, as long as TJ Moore's not, I think he did come back actually on the weekend. Uh, but he's obviously so important to them on offense. Yeah. You know, Justin Fields seems to sort of pick it up a little bit of a gear. The defense definitely picked up a gear. They just don't look like a team. They're just trying to lose anymore. Like it felt like they were trying to throw one. Well, it's bad to say they look like they were throwing games, but some of the things they were doing, it did sort of question their motives a little bit earlier on in the season for me at least. So yeah, I think the Falcons are non-scary and the Packers Yeah, not particularly terrified by them. They're really bad against the run. and uh, Obviously, Justin feels like his bread and butter. So, yeah, let's go with the Bears.
0: That's really interesting because the Rams are the Giants, fair enough, but the Seahawks have the Steelers and they had a great game against the Bengals. And Mm. then the Packers got the Vikings. But then the Rams have the Niners on the last day of the season. So if the Rams somehow lose to the Giants and Tommy DeVito, and then the Bears beat the Packers, there'll be one win behind. And then if the Rams do lose to the 49ers, and the Bears then will have the Packers get in. that could be winning you in. So I think, I probably think it's a long shot. I think it's, um, you know, the after while. I think the Giants will lose to the Rams, and the Seahawks will probably beat the Steelers. But you just never know in the NFL, and I think certainly with the way they're playing recently, if they get in, that momentum's there with them. You just never know they could easily shock everyone and make at least a divisional round that could even sneak into the NFC title game. But I think, ultimately, I think they will fall short. Um, I mean, right now they've got a, they've got a current 1% chance according to the NFL.com of making the playoffs, but you just don't know. 1%. Yeah. Well, that's what NFL's wow. saying, but then, um, <laughs> it's if they win and if they lose, so either way, but I I think ultimately, um, yeah, but you never know. I think either way, they'll have a top pick regardless because the Panthers. So I think they'll get, probably they'll probably go, I reckon they'll go, Receiver more than quarterback. to probably get Marvin Harrison, their receiver, to go with DJ yeah. Moore. That's a good duo there. Um, yeah, that's an amazing duo. Yeah, exciting times for Bears fans um, and an exciting future. Um, heading on to the other lot of games in Week 16. So we've mentioned the um, Vikings line. to so the Jets avoided a shock comeback loss to the Commanders, beating them 30-28 with a last-second field goal. The Seahawks beat the Titans 20-17. Uh, the talking of the Bears, they beat the Cardinals twenty-seven to sixteen. The Patriots survived another comeback as well. They beat the Broncos 26-23 on Christmas Day morning. Um, and then the one other one we talk about is the Jags Buccaneers. The Buccaneers won the South Derby as they're the leaders of the NFC South. Beat the leaders of the AFC South thirty to twelve in Tampa Bay. Now this means this makes for an interesting um, final tweet because we mentioned the Colts losing mentioned, um, Texans losing as well, they'd have taken over that one seed if they'd won those games, which they sh- should have won on paper. So the Jags still lead the division, but they're only um, literally they the same amount of wins as the Colts and the Texans. Um, and you look at the fact that they are playing the Panthers, but the Colts are playing the Raiders, and the Texans are playing the Titans. So all teams could win that final, that week 17, which could make an exciting week 18, which, looking at the the, the, the that be against the Titans. So yeah, and the obviously Texans play the Colts. So that AFC South battle's wrapping up, and then the NFC South, looking at that, of course, the Buccaneers lead the way with a eight and seven record. One win ahead of the Falcons and the Saints. I mean, for me personally, I think the Buccaneers are looking like they're gonna win this division. But the AFC South, I think, looks incredibly open. I don't know what your thoughts are on that on that division race for both divisions. I well, let's go with
1: the AFC South. I I've been surprised by the Colts because I think they've played better than I expected, although I've always been a big Gardner Minshew fan. So I'm sort of pleased for him. I've always felt like he deserved a bit more of a shot. I know he's only having a shot because Richardson's injured, but there's definitely something about him. It's definitely, he's better than just sort of your standard backup, in my opinion. And he's gelled well with the receivers there. They were had a terrible game against the Falcons this past weekend. The Texans need CJ Shroud back because I don't think the defense is good enough at this current moment in time. So some of the great games that Shroud's had is because he's had to throw and he's had to sort of force some plays. If he's healthy, the Texans could squeak into the playoffs. The Jags are really quite worrying as someone that – Dennis, he like talking about fantasy football too much because no one's interested in anyone's fantasy team, but, like, I have quite a lot of Trevor Lawrence in fantasy football and he's not been right and now he's got a shoulder problem and it's almost like I'd rather him not play rather than even give me a difficult decision, let alone, like, Doug Peterson. So, I, and again, I don't rate their defence at all, so... It feels like they need to do something on offense. Obviously, lost Christian Kirk already. He's on IR. Not sure what the status of Zay Jones is. Calvin really's been a bit, you know, looks like he's not played in a couple of years, some some weeks. So yeah, of the top three in the AFC South, the James probably my least favorite to progress. Then the NFC South, I have a real rose-tinted glasses issue with the Buccaneers. And you mentioned earlier about there's a time where people like the Browns. I, there was a sweet spot with the Browns and this is a slight tangent because people weren't people were like a lot of people were like laughing at the Browns for a long time and then Baker got drafted and they got OBJ and like, oh, actually it's the Browns are actually quite cool and then of course now Baker's not there and then they traded for Deshaun Watson and it's like okay straight back to almost like straight back to what it was like before for a lot of people where they didn't want to be seen supporting the Browns again uh, but I have always liked Baker even when he's been rough and he, he's, his stats are probably better than he's actually been I would say this season but I'm glad that he's sort of fallen on his feet in Tampa so I definitely think I'm going to stick with the Buccaneers to make the playoffs and then the Saints and Falcons uh, they just sort of exist, it's sort of my, my feeling on them which is a bit rude but Derek Carr's not it anymore personal opinion and the Falcons, Arthur Smith, isn't it? So I, I think there's just too many bits I don't trust to actually really achieve much. I expect the 1% chance of making the playoff bears to make the playoffs So for the Falcons and the Saints. So that probably <laughs> tells you a lot about how I feel about those teams. Yeah, I just think they're way too consistent and the Buccaneers have been very
0: consistent in recent weeks and Baker Mayfield is it's almost playing that the quarterback the Browns wanted all those years. So it, it's... Um, you know, I, I think back in the for me, I think make it in and I, I think Jags, I think they'll sneak in because I I think the Texans and Colts have got quite, I think they got fairly tough schedules. So I just think ultimately the Jags will think it. But I do think that whoever gets to play them, I'd say right now, looking at the way it's going, you can almost tick off a guaranteed win. I think I think the brands would beat them. I think the Bills would definitely beat them, and I think almost we talk what we talk about in our in the Finns Nation podcast, I do with Dolphins where we talk about one in the second seed over the fifth seed. But if you're the fifth seed, you'd rather play the Jags away than play the Bills at home. So it's it's I think every team right now will want the Jags from the playoffs because they're not right. I mean they had a have been had one or two start, then they won four or five games straight, or they lost two in a row, then they lost, and then they but they've had a really weird up and down season, almost the opposite of last year where they had a great run down the stretch and sneaked in. It could be the case this year where they have a good battle on a foreman and get knocked out and, and some team go ahead of them. And I think that they have to be careful about that. But I think they'll find a way to sneak in. But I just I do think ultimately uh they will be one and done. I don't see them being any team. There's no team I can think of they could be, unless injuries really fall foul on the team they get to play. The one team's maybe the Browns. I think I'll without a real callback there, they could feast on that. Josh Allen could have a day. I think apart from that, you're looking at all the other teams, there's no way they beat the Chiefs, Bills, Ravens, Dolphins, really. Andy, and everyone beats the Chiefs
1: playoffs.
0: now. I I still think the Chiefs come the playoffs. We'll mention it in a minute, actually, but I think <laughs> come the playoffs, they'll still they'll still win games. I think you cannot it's like the Patriots, you can't write them out until in the until they're logged out of the playoffs because they got the, the only the only team with an active quarterback starting who's won a Super Bowl. And I think ultimately the Chiefs are still gonna find a way to win games. I think I will I will not be shocked if they're still lifting that AFC trophy, going to Vegas as the AFC representative come come February. Um but speaking of the Chiefs actually, we've gone to that game now, um a shock loss for the Chiefs. 20 to 14 loss to the Raiders. I believe it was back to back plays from Homes, pick sixes. Watching out with my brother, uh, who's actually a Raiders fan, so that was quite a nice experience. Um, but the Chiefs have really struggled to perform recently. Well, what's your take been on what's been a real slump of, of late for the for the Kansas City Chiefs?
1: Yeah, I'm not quite sure what to put it down to, to be honest. You know, you go back just a month and people were talking about the defence as being a fantastic, maybe top five defence in the NFL. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is always capable of some magic but starting to see the pinch a little bit. He's obviously got a massive contract. They've struggled to find receivers that are going to sort of fit into their way of doing things. They took a punt on Tony, We Royce, Tony to reflect on some of the, you know, things he's done in recent weeks. Uh, Kelsey's been banged up. People would probably say he's distracted. People already know what that is about. Yeah. It's everywhere. Uh, but I think it's more that he's probably playing through something than something else. And I think they've probably masked quite a lot of things in years past with Travis Kelsey maybe not having a receiver like you. They lost Tori Kill and everyone said, Oh, how they're gonna survive. And they did best than just survive. But I think something's just not quite right. And I don't necessarily think it's the locker room thing. I just think you know, if you've got a team winning winning's infectious, right? But also, if you've got a team that is used to winning and they start losing a bit more, I just wonder if they're not quite sure how to how to handle that with some of the personalities in the locker room. I really can't put my finger to it. But then like on the complete flip side, the Raiders look like a team possessed since they lost their coach. So they look like a team that are actually really playing for their team. Aiden O'Connor, I mean, I didn't watch all of this game, but I definitely watched large stretches of it. And there was a stat that came up just before the end of the third period. The period? Quarter. Um, and Aiden O'Connor, who's been playing quarterback for the Raiders for a few weeks now, rookie, he had zero passing yards in the second and third quarter. And they still beat the Kansas City Chiefs. Ah, arrowhead. <laughs> it's just... So something's really not quite working. The defense has been playing well. For the Raiders, that's been a significant improvement, but I can't quite put my finger on what's gone wrong at the Chiefs, other than you know, an a, a niggly injury to Travis Kelsey shouldn't have this much impact. Yeah, I, I do think
0: it was, we all remember Kelsey is thirty four, and I think that we all he's still got just under a thousand yards, despite all these all these problems sure. they're having, you know. But I do think ultimately he is showing signs. Personally, I've a little bit declined. Still, you know, great player. And obviously, he's, for me, the best tight end of all time. And I think that by his standards, it's bad. But I think compared to most tight ends, it's pretty good. Um, but I think, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if they go for wide receiver and free agency or the drought. I think I wouldn't be shocked if they go for Devontae Adams. I mean, he's someone that clearly doesn't want to be at the Raiders. I think he's been disgruntled recently. I think they could go for someone like him. But I think this is a sample team that, you know, they've had five straight years with A3 championship appearances. Mahomes has yet to play a road game in the playoffs, likely will be this year, unless the Ravens is both lose in the first round. Um, so you know, it's a classic case of they're just not used to losing games. I think I don't think Mahomes knows how to take it right now. And Kelsey, the same thing. Uh, but the Raiders, as well, we mentioned about the Bears sneaking in. I mean, so the the Colts play the Raiders. If the Raiders beat them in week 17, they'll go level on record-wise. They'll be head on the head-to-head record. The Bills are playing. Bills and Browns, you probably think, we'll go ahead. But then the Texans play the Titans. That's not a guarantee win, especially if Stroud isn't 100%. The Bengals play the Chiefs. The Chiefs could easily beat them on their day. The Steelers beat the Seahawks. They could easily lose that. So if the Steelers, Bengals, and Texans all lose, and the Raiders beat the Colts, and the Raiders go into the playoff hunt with a week to go, that would just be such a shock they were to make in. And then the Raiders, week 18, they play uh, when because, sorry, the Broncos, the Broncos. they yeah, look like they're uh, now um feet in the sun, you know, on the beach and all that. So for, for that kind of point of view, the mm-hmm. Raiders certainly I need need a lot to go their way, but they can certainly sneak in. And I think that that would be should be the final nail of coffin in terms of giving Pierce that job, and that should be the final that should be the thing that gets in that job home. That should be the second point. I think the Chiefs win probably should be that, but then. To have no passing, to have that stat you just mentioned there with Aidan O'Connell, I think that it's almost like the Chiefs beat the Raiders, the Raiders. The Chiefs beat the Chiefs more than the Raiders beat the Chiefs, to honest. I think there's it lots of the Chiefs problems more than the Raiders. But I think yeah, the Raiders certainly um, should be a team to be feared uh, who could potentially sneak in. And I think Menton-wise, I think they could certainly give a good go to whoever they play, whether it's the Dolphins or the or the Chiefs in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, uh, to be I hadn't given it a thought that they could. Y- you are completely right. I mean, Aiden a- a- O'Connell had 62 yards passing uh, this past weekend against the Chiefs, which is not sustainable. But you look at their last three games, scored 20 against the Chiefs, 63 against the Chargers, and then scored zero against the Vikings. So I- I'm not really <laughs> sure they even know who they are at, at this right. current moment in time. But I think you're right. You, you can't really rule them out. The Colts are definitely not the perfect package if, if they win that uh broncos already came out and said they're benching russell wilson earlier today oh. i don't know if you've seen that already wow okay is that because uh, the season's done oh, breaking all breaking news <laughs> <laughs> that is exclusive on this podcast is, is that because they're? It's not, it's not exclusive it is out there i'm not i'm not like got insiders to the <laughs> to broncos like locker room or anything like that is it
0: because they're thinking the season's done, or they just not happy with him, or what? What? what's
1: the reason behind that? Do you know? Uh, I believe they're as good as mathematically out of the playoff contention, but also oh, okay. there's loads okay. of injury guarantees on Russ's contract. So, if he oh. got injured, then, I mean, they're already fairly financially annihilated from his contract anyway, but they'd be even worse off if he actually got injured.
0: Wow. That's what I'm wow, my understanding
1: a Broncos fan who's a bit closer to it than me. mean
0: well, yeah, the, Bron-
1: the Broncos, you'd like to think they probably want to beat the Raiders, but how many people really going to be that bothered? No. Jared Diven is the uh, backup. So... <laughs> I mean, again... It could be another 3-0 shootout.
0: Oh, God. that. Hopefully not again. <laughs> hopefully <laughs> not again. That, that wouldn't be good. That would not be good at all. And then, of course, the one game. We were both looking forward to the most this weekend just gone. The reason why I brought you on the podcast, it was Cowboys against Dolphins. Uh, the game did finish by 22 points to 20 as a win for the Dolphins, but it was a really was, Alan, a end-to-end game.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I quite enjoyed it despite the result, to be honest. I mean, it was a late night. Uh, I thought Dak played well. I thought he had a good bounce back from the game against the Bills the week prior, although I don't think a lot of that loss was on him per se. The Dolphins were very good at getting to Dak. That sort of was my concern but as the game continued to go on. You know, I thought Dak had an outstanding game considering he spent half the game lying on his back. The O-line is good when fully healthy and it's diabolical when not. And you can tell, as someone that doesn't watch the Dolphins all that often, you can tell that they've schemed around they want to protect her as much as possible by getting the ball out as quickly as possible to anyone, receivers, backs, obviously got some exciting backs. Most have scored 100 touchdowns or whatever this season so far. <laughs> A-Chain's absolutely rapid. And then you've got the likes of Wadlin and Tyreek further up the field as well. So, yeah, you can tell they really have game plan for that. Uh, and they'll have a hold against Michael Parsons, which just never gets called, but that's every week. So that's pretty normal. It was a good game. Uh, it, and I was messing a friend throughout who's a Dolphins fan. And I think the summation was that it looked like two good teams that were playing each, against each other. And it felt like whoever had the ball last was going to win. And that's the last ball possession fell to the Dolphins and the Cowboys went... Okay. We'll make it a little bit easier for you. We'll give you, a, you know, an extra 15 here. And, you know, the run defence can absolutely crumble here and there as well. So, yeah, they, they made it as easy as possible, probably, for the Dolphins to win, unfortunately, on that last drive. But all in all, it was an enjoyable game. And i say there's definitely positives for the Cowboys in that game compared to the week prior against the Bills, where they just look completely out-schemed, out-coached in every way possible. It gave me a little bit more confidence going forward, despite it being another close loss. And then on the other side, for the Dolphins, they finally beat a team with a winning record. So you must be pretty pleased, Andy. I am, but the one caveat is that you're basically the Dolphins of the NFC. Um,
0: both both your team and my team were good teams who can't beat good teams and bully bad teams. I think that whilst... you know, I was happy that we finally ended that, ended that sort of streak and I think it was the first time since week three of last season, but at the same time we beat a team that basically can't beat good teams either. So I think, obviously, we know what's coming on Sunday, that if we can win that game, I think that'll be a real um, a real sign and a real statement from us. If we can beat the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore as well, I think that would be the ultimate answer to that, that narrative. But I think also, yeah, you mentioned just then about I think the flag obviously helped us get into the field goal range. But I think ultimately, I was happy with our performance. Our two obviously didn't throw any picks or make any silly decisions. I think that we're obviously up against I think for me Percy's still a top three defence in the league and you got one of the best defensive players in the entire league in Michael Parsons who, you know, is Mike is Michael Parsons. He, he's he's accurate. I think I was happy with the fact that we got the win and I was happy about the fact that we see the touchdown well I think was two two, three four minutes left of the game with Brandon Cooks and we still managed to get down the field and still get um you know still get what we needed and, and actually close it out in crunch time. But I think First, I want to praise is Jason Sanders. I mean, three 50-yard or more field goals in the game. And, of course, the one that another one that won the game as well. I mean, he, at times of season, has been a bit of a hit and miss. He's um, missed quite a few uh, field goals, especially from 50 yards or more. That's been one of his weaknesses this year, has been from that range. So, to do that and to him to do that, I think it's great for him, obviously. But I think it's good for us, the fact that we know we've got someone who can perform under pressure. So, when it comes to the playoffs, like we're guaranteed now... Um, I think that it'll be really handy to have him build on that. I know he can do it when, when it matters, but um, I think ultimately, you know, Bradley Chubb, for me, I thought was fantastic. I think he's really been good in recent week's 11 sacks in the whole year. That puts him, I think, tied for 14th in the entire league. He's number one in the whole league for forced fumbles. He's having a great year. And really, I think ever since Jane Phillips went out injured, he's just taken his game to the next level. And I think he's been brilliant in the last few weeks, and he's finally showed us why he really gave way that draft pick to get him in the trade deadline last year. So yeah, I think very happy and I've you now I've only seen him ever play two games in the playoffs my entire life. I've never seen us a back-back years in the playoffs. in my 12 years being a fan. So for me it was um amazing just to see um just to see that and just to see us actually make the playoffs and not do it week 18. I think um you know to do it with two games left as well. I think shows progress and Obviously, we'll mention the Ravens win in a minute, but you know, if we beat the Ravens, we'll mean we'll have number one seed going into the final week and have a tiebreaker over the Ravens. So, if the Ravens had lost to the Niners and we beat the Titans, we might that might be the division wrapped up, but that's why the number one seed wrapped up. But you know, you can't win every game. So, for me, yeah, a lot of positives, but I think ultimately both teams can go away. I think happy from this game. I think both teams showed good signs and bad things. I think mostly good things. I think really. Both teams sort of won this game, I think.
1: Yeah, another shout out on the Dolphins' defense to Van Ginkle, who's been great in the nickel. Uh, yeah, the Cowboys sort of lost it themselves a little bit with like the one-yard fumble on the Dolphins' one-yard line early on, and uh, yeah, some of the some of the bad penalties. But that's who they are. They're really ill-disciplined under Mike McCarthy, who. It's hard to say I don't like Mike McCarthy because I think there's been some great performances this season, but ultimately he is still who he's always been, and I've not historically not been a fan of what he's always been. So I guess I'm not shocked. I'd rather lose these close games now. Like there's been quite when we're actually in these games on the road and we lose to against good teams, like we lost to the Eagles by uh, like a few. Uh, it must have been four, so I was a field goal at the end, uh, and losing to the Dolphins here by two against, I believe, quality opposition. Sometimes you just need something to break your way, and the Cowboys didn't really get anything that like that, whereas the Dolphins got the, the fumble on the one-yard line. I'd rather some of this stuff not go our way now and hopefully get a bit of fortune in the playoffs, and then you just never know, maybe something will happen, but... I don't know. I try not to get my hopes up too high, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Uh, like the, need the, to go. <laughs> we, we need everyone healthy on that O-line. We need the run game to reappear from somewhere because it, it's transitioned massively from last year to just give the ball to Tony Pollard loads more to uh, let's just give the ball Dak a lot more to throw, who's had a great season. Obviously, people talked to him up in the MP conversation. As little as just a few weeks ago, I still actually think he's not—he's not the reason they've been losing. But yeah, you know, it is a team game in the end of the day. So time will tell. And I think the Cowboys will beat the Lions just because they're at Jerry World and we're pretty good at home. And the Lions give up a lot of points. So yeah, I'm—I'm I'm fairly confident <laughs> on that one. But you never know. So the Lions have got a lot to play for as well. So. Maybe they've got more to play for than the Cowboys at this point.
0: Yeah. I mean, even if you, you know, I think, you know, I think you're guaranteed at least one playoff win because I think you beat the Bucks. If you do have the fifth seed, you beat it in Tampa Bay. And I think if you get the second, third or fourth seed, I think you beat any of those teams you mentioned before, really, those teams that battling out for the final two spots. I think that you still got a chance at the one seed and Niners have got quite an easy schedule. Same with the Eagles. So probably not, but I think ultimately, I think you'll make at least the divisional rounds. I think by then, um, anything's possible. Uh, but I do think, like ourselves, you, you do need to be at home. I think that's a big thing. I think you guys, more well, than I think you guys, obviously, on turf compared to not on turf, is holding Borgo. And I, that's why I'd love to see one day you guys play in London again, because you guys on turf seem to be amazing. And I think I'd love to see that in the Tottenham stadium, because that would be, I think that would be almost a guaranteed win. <laughs> Whoever you play, I think if you play on turf <laughs> in London, um, I think you'll be guaranteed. I think that's got to be soon, isn't it? You guys haven't played in London in
1: years. <sighs> yeah. When do you reckon you'll play in London again? I've seen. 2016 2015 the last time you were there it's like a decade yeah it's a long time uh and actually i didn't i missed out on tickets and i tried to get tickets last minute and something fell through and i ended up watching it in a terrible bar in london um and yeah i was like, okay they'll be back i will be back and it's, it's been longer than i expected like if they it doesn't even need to be london at this point if it was germany i'd be there in a shot if i could get a ticket uh, my concern is the plane that they play a game in Brazil, aren't they? The NFL mm-hmm. next year, it's just another chance that they end up in Brazil rather than <laughs> Europe. So that'd be pretty gutting. Uh, we, 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 put in you do I think the people that scored touchdowns on that day were Des Bryant, um, Terrence Williams, and Cole Beasley, which probably tells you how long ago it wow, was. That is, Tony Romo was throwing passes. Wow. Um Alan Robinson was still playing for the Jags, I think. Um, Wow, Okay. So it was that that long ago that it's been since they've been here. So, yeah, you missed the entire Zeke era since they last played in the UK. And Dak era as well.
0: Um, Whether he'll play out, we don't know. Um, Now, you weren't helped on late in the week while the Eagles beat the Giants, ending their... Three-game losing streak beating the Giants 33 to 25. I score and I actually think flatters. It, it doesn't actually do the game justice. I think the Eagles deserved that win. I think it was definitely more than one touchdown game personally. Uh, but then the big one of the week was Ravens-Niners. People were saying Super Bowl preview, a Super Bowl 47 rematch as the Niners took on the Ravens in San Fran, and they lost just like I predicted in our last episode. The Ravens did beat the Niners 33 to 19. This for me was, I mean, I still think Tyree Kill McCaffrey should get it, but if a quarterback's going to win it, I think this game for me secured Lamar Jackson. If there's been any quarterback winning it, it'll be him. Uh, and I thought the Ravens, for me, sent out a real statement against all and nine. Is that you know they were already one of the division, so you could easily see him taking a lot of gas for the week. But even so, Lamar Jackson, I thought, looked amazing in this game.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's some weird stats that came out of this game. Like, did you know that Lamar Jackson is twenty to one against the NFC? Is he? That's ridiculous, isn't that? Isn't that I just the most crazy thing I've ever heard? Um, so I guess maybe we shouldn't be surprised by that. I think they're probably the showing more on the Niners and Brock Purdy, who's been, you know, very safe with the football, was not safe with the football, and admittedly, not all of the throws that he made were entirely his fault that it turned out to be an interception. Some of them were. Uh, And, yeah, someone that's been just so safe throughout the whole career, basically, in the NFL, he really did get undone, you say, by the Ravens here. And, yeah, the Ravens just look like they're playing good complementary football. I wouldn't necessarily want it at cancer, but, yeah, they they look hard to beat. Uh, I'd be worried if I was a Miami Dolphins fan like yourself going into week 17 personally, but it, if they're 20, if Lamar's 20 to one against the NFC, it means that teams are playing a bit more regularly, maybe have a bit more of an idea about how to actually play against him. So I guess you never know. Uh, and yeah, always nice to see the, the Niners lose a little bit because they've had it way too good over the last few years, to be honest.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the game massively worries me. Come Sunday. I mean, people have been going on the fact that 2 is 2 0 against Ravens, and if we have beaten them the last two years, but that was with a whole different coordinator there, different players, etc. But, you know, we have beaten them. We beat them, uh, I think, in chalk fashion 2021 season and 2022 season, and uh, we had a massive comeback. So I think we know we can beat them. And McDaniel's beaten them. Uh, and Lamar Jackson had a great day that day as well. But I think, you know, I'd almost back them to win an NFC 2 bowl more than. An AFC title game. I think that NFC record just proves that you know he he could probably have a more chance of beating the team in the Super Bowl than he would a team in the AFC championship game. But I think they're certainly a team that will. I think if they're not at least in the divisional round, I'll be shocked. I think they'll probably go as in the one seed, and then uh, I think as it stands, they could be playing potentially the Chiefs. No, they'll probably be. So where's going to go? is probably going to be uh, the Bills. I'd say Bills, Chiefs, Dolphins. Ravens in the, in the divisional round and I think I think the Bills have the sixth seed rather than the second or third seed if they don't win the division I can see them beating the Chiefs which would mean that they play the Ravens which means the Dolphins would play either the Browns or the Jags now um, I, I think if that's the case then I do think that we could see potentially him go out in the divisional round but also you could see him beat the Chiefs as well and I think he would beat the Chiefs on current form so yeah, I think it's certainly exciting time to... But then again, they were number one seed all those years ago in the 2019. Derrick Henry came up and showed him and knocked him out. So I think, you know, we've seen it before and I think and John Harbaugh do it in a, in a regular season. Uh, not seen yet doing the postseason apart from that one year they won it. Where Joe Flacco had that insanity run. Um, but yeah, I think ultimately they are a good team. And quick question for you. You mentioned 20-1 against NFC
1: teams. Um, can you name that NFC team that beat them? Yeah, I can. Oh, no, you, uh, and I can I can name the quarterback. The quarterback was Danny Dimes. Yeah, for the New York Giants. Yeah it, yeah, it was twenty. It was week six
0: last season. Uh, it was um, the Giants went five and one. They won twenty four to twenty over the Ravens. Um, oh, Giants five and one seems mad. That's a year ago. <laughs> Dunbar, I was does. I was at the game <laughs> when he went six and one as well. I saw them go six and one against the Jags in Jacksonville, and who'd have thought? year just over a year later they'd be what five six wins this year and right. the isn't even the most the favorite isn't even the favorite quarterback from giants fans they all preferred the veto so yes yeah, crazy how time for how how a year makes a difference in the nfl it shows just why we love this league Anything can happen week to week year on year
1: well, yeah i mean lamar wasn't going to be playing for the ravens right like yes. this sort of time yeah. last year so uh things do change very quickly but yeah, I think you know the Ravens are a well-run organization. It, it'd be quite nice of them to actually see them make it. I, I mean, have you seen about this conspiracy thing that people have known for a long time that it was going to be the Niners and the Ravens and the Super Bowl? Have you heard about this? What the or the one all these years ago or mean this year? Oh no, for this year, really? Uh, yeah, because you know, like the the logo for the Super Bowl it used to be like completely different every single year, and then. The last few years it's basically been the same logo, but they've updated some of the colours. And there'll be two different colours on it. And uh there was there was one the other there was one for last year, which was the beginning of the season, it was red and turquoise. And then of course, of course, it was the Chiefs <laughs> and the Eagles. And I can't remember what the one the year before was. Um, but then, but then this this year it was um oh so yeah, maybe it was like yellow and um yeah uh, and then th- for this year it was purple and um, oh my god yeah red so, so, so they've, like they've actually it. changed it, they've actually updated the logo, so if you google it maybe you wouldn't find it, but uh yeah, it was purple and red, the original, so people have been saying that it's or, like it's in the script you know people have got this whole script thing <laughs> yeah. that they like, like trying to pedal for some reason, uh yeah, so people have believed that it's gonna be the Ravens and the 49ers for quite a while but it could happen but I think they to be fair I do think they're probably the two best teams but as you say any sort of any given Sunday anything could happen strange stuff happens in the NFL all the time and that's actually something that's probably quite nice about that Ravens 49ers game there wasn't like anything like completely bizarre that happened that completely changed the course of the game it was two teams that were just playing playing ball and that's sort of the way that it happened already, so yeah, uh, I think they'll both be strong going into the into the playoffs, and uh, probably the safest bet for a Super Bowl if there is if there is one. But yeah, uh, you never know. There's gonna be, there's always some surprise team usually that does a bit better than we expect. Usually it's the Bengals. I'm not sure it's gonna be the Bengals this year. Well, it's interesting. I've looked at now, and obviously the Super Bowl
0: Fifty Six logo has red and orange and yellow. Um, Super Bowl fix- is yeah, I think it's spooky the last three years I've had because the teams that have played it. And yeah, purple and red. Uh, I was hoping to see, you know, Aqua there, but no, sadly not for this year. But um, you <laughs> never know. Um, whilst on that topic, actually, you have sort of potentially answered that question for me now. But who would be your Super match if you had to pick the two teams that are going to play in February in Vegas? Which two
1: teams are going to play? Uh, well, I'll go against what I just said because I think it's a bit of a safe answer. Uh, With my Dolphins friend, we've been trying to speak into existence, Dolphins and Cowboys. So why on earth not? It'd be a hell of a fun game, I think. I I agree. I actually, I'm
0: not one of these people that hate Dallas Cowboys. I actually have a little soft spot for them. I don't know why. Maybe it's the the jizz you're wearing right now, I don't know. But I've never really had the hatred towards the Cowboys like most NFL fans do. Um, So I've always said that, yeah, I think... Yeah, you know, my perfect Super bowl was Bears Dolphins, but that's not gonna happen. Certainly the Bears side of things. So I think I think certainly Lions or Cowboys I'd love to face because I think that I wouldn't mind losing to those two teams. Um but I do I've said I've said Chiefs Niners for the last god no week, and I'm still gonna say that, but let's no. say on coming out in case it comes true, I will not be shocked if it's the Bills. I I we not the Bills are playing that well and they're playing good football at the right time. Yeah. Coordinators, and I think that I generally think the Bills could actually I think they'll lose to the Niners, but I think they would make a Super Bowl. I think generally they're I think they're a team that people should be giving way much more attention to. I think they already are. Tony Romo actually surprising he isn't actually. I'm surprised he isn't doing more more uh, Josh Allen cheerleading. But it's um you know, I, I do think the Bills are a team that are in great form and I think they're they think form in the right time. They could still win the division, they could still get home advantage in the playoffs, you know, and I think right now that they would be I think they'd beat the Ravens I think they'd beat the Chiefs and I think they'd beat us in the playoffs um, so yeah I'm going to stick with Chiefs Niners but I, I do think that I will not be shocked if the Bills win the AFC uh, and then finally who
1: would your MVP vote go for go to even well without, without being a homer um, uh, hmm. I mean I, I I would like to see not to go to a quarterback so then, it sort of narrows it down probably to CMC or uh, Tyreek Hill. Uh, I think I'll go CMC, partly to annoy cool. you because because you're a Dolphins fan, <laughs> but also just because we obviously saw the other week when Tyreek went down, how they've still got Waddle, who's still a really high draft pick, a real high caliber receiver. And they didn't feel like they missed a beat massively. I think if the Niners lost CMC, like on the weekend, bar a few uh, breakout runs from George Kittle against a top, top quality opponent in the Ravens, I think they're really quite lost without CMC in that system, really. So, yeah, I'm going to go CMC as MVP. Well, he was actually
0: my pick for a lot of the season in this sort of question until we lost the Titans with that Kyrie kill, and I think that um, he almost I think helped with M V P K without playing in that game. Um, and obviously, he's still chasing. I think the record might be out of reach now, but you can still get the record, the two thousand yard uh, record. And I think that he, I think this is the one year where you can give it to non-callback. I think that it's the one year where there hasn't been a standout. I think what. It is Lamar Jackson for me if it is four backs. Now I will say if the pitchers were good offensively, I think TJ Watt would be a much more of a shout because if they were a team that was leading the AFC North or they were the number one seed in the AFC and he was playing away he is 17 sacks, I think this he's leading the league in sacks again this year. Um I think he could be someone that could have won it defensively, but I think ultimately if it's not um Lamar Jackson, Tyree Kill, McCaffrey, I would be shocked. I do think, personally, I would give it Tyreek Kill. I'm not being biased. I just think that he um, has been that good. He's been electric. He's potentially going to break a record. So, I think, for me, Tyreek Hill gets it. But I think if Amar Jacks has another performance like the Niners against us where he takes us apart, another team who's going for the, the, the number one seed, I do think that would help his case again. And I think that he has been, he has been good this year. So, I think, um, yeah... But I do think would it be the worst callback to win two MVPs? I can't think of many callbacks that have won back to back MVPs or won multiple MVPs and been worse than Lamar. I mean Manning's better than him of career wise, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, Joe Montana. I can't think of any callbacks that have won it twice that are better than Lamar, that are worse than Lamar Jackson in terms of as of, looking at his career. Are you one
1: playoff win so far? Uh, in his career. Yeah. Less than Dak Prescott. Um no, that's usually yeah. a good oh, measuring man. stick for a lot of people because people, people, that's something we share in common, actually, is like a Dolphins and Cowboys fan that everyone loves bashing Tura and Dak. Like, really, they love their misery for some reason. Uh, but I get what you're saying about the double MVP worst quarterback. That's, it's a very negative view, but I'm <laughs> actually not a massive Lamar Jackson fan, so I don't hate it. Like, uh, I'm just not really a, a scrambly quarterback sort of guy, really. I'm more of a, a pocket passer sort of fan so uh on the cmc thing just to try and give it an extra bit of um if cmc needs to pass some stats they're playing the commanders this weekend so anything could happen it, if he got 300 yards of offense on his own i wouldn't be like shocked because the commanders are really really bad
0: and also, I believe, he, put, put, built a record, he tied a record earlier this year for most consecutive games at the touchdowns. Right. So, and also, they are a team that are the number one seed, and Brock Purdy should not be anywhere near for me MVP contention. Um, I've just found a list of all the people that have won more than one Super Bowl. Uh, sorry, more than one MVP. So, here's a list. I think I can say every player on this list, there's one running back, actually, but every player on this list, I think, had had a better career than Lamar Jackson. So, you've got Peyton Manning was five. Rogers was four. With three, you've got Tom Brady, Brett Favre, Johnny Unitas and Jim Brown, the only non-callback in this. Wow, three MVPs. Um, and then two, Joe Montana, Steve Young, Kurt Warner, Patrick Mahomes. Now, Warner's the only one that you can maybe put in this conversation, but I'd have all of them above Lamar Jackson. If I was doing an all-time NFL team and add a quarterback, I'd pick any of these callbacks above, above, um, above Lamar Jackson.
1: Yeah, I mean, I just, I just gave it away. I said I'm not a massive Lamar Jackson fan, so I would too. But uh, yeah, and, and also even the Kurt Warner thing, I've just been finished watching the movie about his life. Mm. Uh, so um, I, I, I guess I'm like into Kurt Warner right now. Yeah, that's fair. I actually met Kurt Warner. Um
0: don't know whether he went to these NFL UK live events that they did before COVID. I did one in Birmingham. I did one in Cardiff with Kurt Warner there. And Michael Irvin, which was, that's what reminded me as well. Um Sweet. I actually I got I got a picture with Kurt Warner after the um after the event, which is really cool. And um I remember on that event actually. Anyone who's been who went to that event in Cardiff will know exactly what I'm gonna say. Uh they did a challenge where they're trying to try find the most famous person to FaceTime on the live show and Kurt Warner got Tom Brady to FaceTime. He actually answered his phone. So I can say along with all the ones that were in this crowd on that day that I had been technically on FaceTime with Tom Brady, but um Yeah, right. Definitely. Was, you definitely yeah, can claim
1: that.
0: Halfway yeah. I wasn't right at the back, I was in the middle of the stage. I wasn't I was fairly close to it so um yeah that was um that was really that was really surreal but yeah that did was, you um... say
1: michael Irvin? michael irving was there a... yeah it was michael i think it was cliff
0: averill and there was a fourth one i forget who it is now apologies for that person if i've forgotten I mean. name. but kurt warner michael Irvin talked so much of it the other two were just completely silenced out
1: of the thing cause... i was gonna say it's amazing anyone got a word in with michael irving there <laughs> Yeah, like, I mean, he, he, was, he, he was is an energetic Elijah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hiroquate Warner, definitely um, the
0: two chatterboxes of the four. But that is where we'll end the podcast for today. So, first of all, huge thank you to Alan for once again joining the show. Oh, no, thanks for having me. It's been fun. It's been great. And hopefully we'll see you again in the playoffs. Well, we will do yeah. this um, for the playoff preview episode. So, yeah, looking forward to having you back on in the playoffs and hopefully have you on for our Super Bowl Preview episode, exactly. yeah. Hopefully with me <laughs> <the> Vegas. <laughs> oh, Can you imagine? that would be the odds on that must be incredible. Cowboys Raiders odds right now. Someone let me know in the comments what that would be. If Cowboys Raiders Bowl, What the odds are right now? I'd love to find out what that is. I reckon at least, just nice. the one, if not more. Oh, I think probably longer than that. Yeah, yeah probably. Put pound, put a pound on. dream. Yeah, you put a pound on it. It's, what's yeah. the worst gonna happen? You lose the pound, exactly. You listen to this podcast, do that now. Or whatever site you use to make your bets. That's it. That is well then podcast. So, this has been the Across the Pod Podcast, our week 16 review. I've been Andy, I've been Alan, and we will see you guys next time.